fam, it's Grego here. Wanted to hit y'all up real quick, uh, talking to you uh, on this beautiful Monday afternoon, watching the Spain-USA game. Wanted to drop something for you real quick. Uh, like we've been talking about uh, on last week's episode, we were on Clutch Sports Talk Radio with Famous Fees on Atlanta's 92-3 last Tuesday, and got a chance you know, to chop it up with him and you know, talk sports, uh, talk about the culture, talk about uh Different uh, sports in general, the NBA playoffs, the finals, the Anthony Davis trade, talked a little bit of NFL, and Fees was able to drop us the entire audio from from that interview. Wanted to drop it off to you guys, you know, get a chance to check it out, and uh, you know, let us know what you think. Um, not too much going on uh, other, otherwise. Uh, we will still have our, our our normal episode coming up on Wednesday, of course, as. As we said, we watched in Spain, USA. It's been actually a pretty crazy weekend as far as the Women's World Cup. And, we, of course, we have a lot of different uh, things that happened over the weekend that we'll – can't wait to talk to you guys about. But um, in the meantime, check out uh, our interview with, with Fees. Uh, you can check him out every Wednesday uh, – sorry, Tuesday night from 7 to 8. That's Eastern Time on HITS, 923ATL.com. It's a great show. Uh, he's been doing this for for a good while. Uh, he's, he's a it's a really dope listen. But anyway, check out this. Check us out on the socials at FTCUTD. And like I said, we'll holler at y'all on Wednesday. You are listening to Clutch Sports Talk Radio on Hits ninety two point three, the real definition of internet radio. What up, what up, people? You are live and direct on Clutch Sports Talk Radio on Hits 92.3, the real definition of internet radio. It's your boy, the host, Mr. Famous Fees. Hey, man, I got a nice show for y'all today. Man, I got my crew in here from from, from uh, For the Culture. They uh, they were nice enough to come in here and bless me with their presence. Man, y'all go ahead on and uh, let everybody know who y'all are. You got Coach Tony over here. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You got Ringo here. You got me, Shot. And the one and only Grego in the house. Okay, okay. See, man, we got these boys. There's four of them that came in, man. They be repping for the culture hard. They go on to soccer, but uh, they talk about some of everything. So, man, I'm going to give you a little quick, quick rundown on what we're going to talk about. We're going to hit the NBA Finals. We'll talk about the Anthony Davis trade because everybody want to know what we think about that. We'll hit up the, uh, like, I actually let them explain to you what for the culture is, what it's about, and what they do. We'll cover the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup, the NBA draft for a hot second, and we're going to hit the, uh, the AFC West. That's the division for the day. So, so man, we got a whole lot of information for you. I ain't going to take a whole lot of time because we need all that time. We got a lot to say. So, all right, so, man, without further ado, y'all all saw it earlier today. They had the parade up in Toronto, Canada for the Raptors. Drake came out, flew the jet all around the city. Man, they were rejoicing. It was happy. It was like almost 2 million people in attendance. Some idiot got the shooting. Said four people got hurt. Luckily, none of them were casualties. But aside from that, I mean, it looked like it was a real happy moment. You can't even be mad at Toronto, man. Your boy Kawhi came out there and actually showed a personality for a change. (laughs) 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 Like, he clowned himself. It was like, oh, oh. Like, he's... He's not a super weirdo. Like, all right, like maybe his IEP don't have that many accommodations on it. <laughs> like, uh, all right then. But man, like Kawhi got the he got the Finals MVP. He absolutely deserved it. There was a lot of people who said that he didn't, but this is a second Finals MVP, wow, first player to ever win a ring and an MVP in both conferences between the East and the West. So I mean, he he's over here. He, he's making waves. I don't know what his next plan is because the word I mean, well, that's not the word on the street. He didn't opt into his contract, so. So he's about to go ahead and become an unrestricted free agent by not picking up his 2.13 million player option. I mean, everybody's saying, well, actually, no, Woj said it, so that means it's the gospel. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He says that uh, the Clippers are the front runner because he's not trying to go with the click ship. I mean, I added that. Woj didn't say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but man, so what, what do y'all think is going to happen here, man? Like, he's, you, you think he's actually going to go to the Clippers and then try to go toe to toe? in Staples Center against LeBron and AD and whoever else they bring in there for the, the circus? I think it'd be smart he stays in Toronto, but I think the tricky thing there is that aside from Siakam and Van Vliet, the squad's kind of old because 
Lowry's get over over thirty. Uh, Gasol's over thirty. You know, like for the most part, they're all kind of kind of aging. So I think if he stays there, the window's kind of small. Whereas you go to L.A., you're you're back home. You know, you have a squad that's hungry to they get on top. You know, try to go neck and neck with with the Lakers. So. It can kind of go with the way I, I, I'm thinking that he probably does go to go to the Clips, but you know, it, it you know, bouncing from team to team in such a short period of time is always a big thing. So we saw that last year with the, with Paul George, right? Everybody thought he was going to go back home to LA, and he ended up staying in OKC. So, you know, you might see the same thing happen here, but I think that he's probably going to head out to uh, to uh, LA. He's a different type cat, though. I mean, you see the way he is out there. He's like probably the biggest wild card in sports as far as you got trying to predict what he's going to do. That dude is weird. <laughs> he, he is different. He is different. It's the funniest thing because, like, you, you know, you see him uh, after, like, during the uh, trophy celebration and during the parade and everything. It's like all of a sudden it's like everything just, like, decompressed. And he just said, oh, like, I, 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 I can relax now. So it's, it's, it's good to see, especially, you know, given, like, how the last two years have gone for him, you know, with his injury and everything, how he's been able to finally say, okay, hey, all this was worth it. Let me, you know, actually celebrate this. And, you know, it, it's, it's cool to see. Right, that is. Yes. He actually did it on his terms. Like, minus the issues that were going on, it's glad, I'm glad to see him, uh, you know, hoist another trophy and actually uh, celebrate that. But I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem with him going back to L.A. I think it'll be good for the league um, distributing talent around because I don't you – know, Clippers don't really have anybody that's that's kind of marquee right now anymore. No, and I'm not talking about my boy Lou. Lou, <laughs> I mean, he's hey man, I got love for Lou, man. but but you know, <laughs> six man of the man. year. We yeah. talking about somebody that's gonna that's fill the life. seats, you know? And he goes there, he instantly is gonna sell tickets, and you know their owner is gonna love that. Um, apart from Toronto being, you know, getting up there in age, the money. He opted out of this option, so they're going to have to pay this man like a, a, a max deal, like a superstar. So can they oh, afford he that? Superstar. He is a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have to make sure they pay him that way. So can they afford to to pay him that But with their, their team aging? I think they need to rethink their, their strategy and, and use Drake's influence and try to <laughs> restructure the team and, and go for it. You know, look they can look still look be the competitive. Sky. They can still do it a way where they can be competitive, but they don't have to just low like clear the deck and they just start from scratch. They, they can the still tax? take it instead. Aren't they over the tax? This, uh, the luxury tax, aren't they? Uh, which team? The Raptors. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So they they can't offer more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah. can't. I mean, or, or, or you're gonna keep on getting taxed each yeah. dollar. Yeah. And yeah. So he I, just might like man. Kawhi might have just changed the entire narrative though. Yeah. Like, from the way everybody's looking at, like, all right, all these superstars are teaming up and they want to make these big threes, big fours, like, super-duper teams, like what Golden State did. And now you got Kawhi moving in as one guy with a couple other, like, with a cast of good players but not superstars and took everybody out. Yeah. If he's able to go to another team and do this again, like, he might take it back to the way they worked in the 90s where it was like, yo, like, I just want to do this thing myself because I can let I alone go to the Clippers. Be honoring that again. <laughs> Let alone go to the Clippers, where the Lakers are in the same building, same building. with LeBron and AD, and be able to outplay them. That would be. I, I, I would love to crazy. see that. Go. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I'd like he to see was him the go first off like person that. to put a banner in the Raptors, yeah. the Staples that didn't say Lakers on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that the, the the big thing that kind of came out of all this is that. Uh, Kawhi really validated himself. Like he's like in that echelon with LeBron and KD. It's just you know, he can basically change a franchise just like that. Because you look at like where the Raptors were the past couple of years when DeRozan was still there, where they were choking in the playoffs and everything. Like you basically came in there in one year, turned them to perennial chokers to champions just like that. Like he has I mean, that not, kind of not, impact. Not to downplay like kind of what uh, like Toronto did. Congratulations, Toronto, winning your first championship. But Golden State was riddled with injuries. I mean, it was real injuries. They had they had dysfunction in the locker room this season. So I mean, that all that stuff plays, and they just won a championship the prior year. It's hard to go back to back. Prior to, I mean, they've been there five straight. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it, and it's like it's hard to go back to back. So it's like, good job, you know, Toronto. But like for everyone to be like Kawhi's gonna leave, like Toronto should do everything they can to keep oh, yeah, that absolutely. man there. But can you agree that Golden State could still win a championship even if they lost two of their starters? Yes, I, I honestly think well, that when, when, it when, depends when, on when Clay green. went down, it was a wrap. I think yeah. it depends on Green too, though. I mean, Clay obviously 
you know, with the numbers he was putting up in this postseason, ridiculous. I mean, that man drops 30 like it ain't nothing. And to have two players who have, you know, season, you know, next year, they both out, basically. Although Clay, technically, with ACL, that could be nine, ten months easily. But, um, I mean, both of them out. I think as far as the Warriors go, they're mm-hmm. probably they still can make it to a conference final, but I don't see them getting to that chip range. Oh, no, no, it no, depends no. on how healthy they get yeah, though. If KD resigns and Boogie stays too, there's going to be some major yeah, trade they, moves. They're back to where they were. Yeah. It, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, come February, they would have the whole lineup back. Yeah, I mean, Boogie's actually going to be much better next year. A lot of times, I mean, he's not actually hurt. He's just kind of rehabbing. He's not good <laughs> enough. Like he's not healthy enough to be out there playing NBA ball at the yeah. moment. Yeah. But does he want to settle for being like the, like the fourth option? Though? That's the that's the big thing there because I mean you go back from what he was doing in Sacramento and in New Orleans, you know, like he's basically like you know either a one A or one B option. Whereas, of course, with him coming back from injury, he was basically like the, the fourth option maybe. Yeah, but he's he, he, he's never going to be able to carry the load again. Yeah, no, but no, he's he, got a ship. I mean, that's what a lot of these young players want. They don't want the fame and stuff like what well, we grew up watching. Somebody carried a team. They're yeah. like, I have rings, and that's all they care about. So he, he's okay taking that. That supporting he's, role. He's a team. different player, too. I mean, it's like Kawhi might have brought the honor back in that. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. You know, like you said, like I really hope I mean, like the whole super team thing dies. I mean, I went on a rant about him last week. So, I mean, if they're just going to let him get away with traveling every time he catches the ball, just, just because true. you're allowed to, like, just because you can home it doesn't mean you should run. <laughs> That's true. Yo, do you notice how many point guards, like, I'm not, all the point guards now, when they get inbound the ball, like, they literally take one step each time. Three, they, three like, at least. Everybody, everybody's doing it now. It's like that's how you do it. It's like you might as well think you had LA Fitness. It's the Euro Shuffle. That's quick. what it is. The Kawhi, Kawhi normally gets a first down before he dribbles. Right. I mean, <laughs> like when Russell Westbrook, every time he gets it, man, that man taking two, three steps every time. Yeah, man, that's crazy, man. But man, speaking of free agency trades and all that good stuff, I know y'all wanted to hear what the move is, so I'm gonna give you the whole rundown because it's actually a lot that went into this trade. After I checked it out. I was like, hold up, man. Like, did y'all really actually give them all of that? So, man, let me give you the actual particulars of the AD, the, the AD to the Lakers trade. For the culture guy was a part of the package deal, too. Just yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah, we, we got, got we're, we're oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're moving to New Orleans and just get everybody hands up. <laughs> you, you, ain't t- you ain't telling Clutch Sports will come, too? <laughs> man, so check it out. Anthony Davis to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Pelicans got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, they got the number four pick in, the, in Thursday's draft for this year. They already had the number one pick. But what they also got, which is just kind of mind-blowing, they got a top eight protected pick in 2021, and that becomes unprotected in 2022 if they don't actually get it in 2021. They got the right to swap first-round picks with the Lakers in 2023. They got an unprotected 2024 first-round pick, and they can defer it to 2025 if they don't like the position that it's in. I'm like, man, they got you on a hostage for six years for all your space? picks. Yeah, I know. That's, I'm I'm like, like some MLS eight, Gam Tam shit. I'm like, I'm like, I had to actually read that to you about four or five times yeah. before you had to be able to soak all that in. I'm like, yo, like, what, what made you deal away all that? So I'm like, do you realize the Lakers only have six players on their roster right now? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They got LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, and then they got three people you never heard of. But you know what? Keeping Kuzma was huge because, remember, Magic tried to offer him yeah. to in the, uh, with that New Orleans deal back in February. So I, and all these considered, I think that, you know, you lose Ingram, you lose Ball, but all these considered, like, they're the, they've been injured the past, you know, year and change, you know. Ingram has his blood clot issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ball got his big baller brand issues. So, you know, <laughs> daddy, he got I, daddy I, issues. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think that you know, keeping the one guy that's actually been healthy, I, I think that's huge. So, you know, I, yeah. I think that the Lakers are in a much better position coming out of this than what it would have been had Magic, you know, giving up the whole farm to, to get AD. I mean, I don't think it's much difference, really. I mean, I think Magic was actually trying to still have a roster. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, the, they, they kept Moritz Wagner. Oh, that's right, that's Mo Wagner, man. That's Michigan's finest, baby. That's Mo and, Wagner. And Isaac Bonga. <laughs> yeah, this dude Jones, is on. Uh, he's on contract for $52,000. Yeah. Fifty-two thousand in the NBA. Yeah, that's, that's WNBA wait. make more than that. <laughs> so that, that's the G. That must have been. He, he's probably a G League two play two way player then. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yo. But I will say though that that New Orleans, 
has a very intriguing lineup potentially because they got still got the number one pick. They got so that's Zion right there. They get the number four pick. Uh, I, I forgot. All the Bears could have dropped down that far. And you, mm. you got Ball. You got you got Drew Holiday. Like there's enough there to where that you can build with. It's just gonna be young as I don't know what. It's gonna be super young because like you know. Ball and and Ingram, they're still twenty one, twenty two. So it's yeah, like, you know, and, and whoever you get at four, that's still gonna be like eighteen, nineteen years old. So you could have a starting five that's like an average age of like twenty one. Like that's right. gonna be crazy. Yeah, they might as well just go ahead and just try to build a youth team that can stay together. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> yeah. much. That's if the Hawks don't try to offer for that number four pick. They, for well, who, there's talk of who yeah. are they trying to get though? There's there's talk that they might be trying to get Barrett still. You know. Um, I saw that that so Hawks got with eight and ten right, mm-hmm. yeah. And so they first did that one to the Knicks. Knicks was like, eh, we gotta get something because we're not getting AD now. Yep. Um, and so I think the word is that they are trying to get that fourth pick. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know because right now I think still it's projected that we'll get what Cam Reddish at that eight spot. Yeah, it's not bad, man. Dude, some, some of those dudes bad. needed Bears, to stay. I mean, yeah, Bears a little bit more. So let me I ask y'all: Do y'all think that the Pelicans are going to try to hold on to some of these players that they uh, picked up from LA? Like, I think they should leverage Ball um, and try to get some, you know, more quality players on the team because you know Lonzo still has a potential. Like in the NBA, he's still young. You can still see the talent. He didn't score much with LA, but you, he still moved the ball. You know, and, and you know that helped the team. So, so some teams in the NBA yeah. could use that type of talent. They could leverage that to get a couple more. Uh, but like this. he moves the ball. He's a good rebounder and defender. So yeah. I mean, Ball is actually very he effective. If they if they keep Ball and bring in Zion, keep um, they keep Ingram out there. They already got Julius Randle. I mean, this is kind of like Lakers B team. They, they, they got, opted out. All of them. Oh, he did opt out, but he's not mm-hmm. gone though. This might be a good opportunity for them to lay, load up uh, on picks and mm-hmm. and you know looking Just at trust that short-term trust plans. You know, with Zion so young, they could they could get these these garbage contracts. To, to create the capital down the road so they could probably reinvest and go get those superstars, you know, This could on. actually show that the process the Lakers were started actually was good. They just didn't believe in it because yeah. they really have everyone the Lakers picked over there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's going to be a cra- crazy thing like, because they, they do make something out of all this. It'd be like, L.A., you could have had all this. You just yeah. weren't patient enough to see it through. Yeah. Like, you gave up your whole future so you could bring in LeBron and A.D. That's somewhere I read. It's like Lakers were, like, trading for, like, instant gratification. They wanted to do whatever they can do for next season. And you think about it with uh, New Orleans and the Pelicans, they're thinking of the long run. Yeah. And, and the way the sport is, it's, you know, you got to think about the long run because you don't know who's going to go down with a season injury. So I'm, I'm nervous for the Lakers, man. It's crazy because the thing is, like, this this isn't the first time they've done it. Yeah. They just never leveraged the whole farm on it. They didn't give up all that when they brought Shaq in. They really gave up next to nothing for Kobe because that was a gamble that actually just paid off 10, 15 times over. But even when they brought in Pau Gasol, they got him for nothing. They didn't pay anything for Dwight Howard or Steve Nash. They were bringing people in constantly, but they've never given up the entire team, all the salary cap, and all the assets to get them. Just like this, this is the uh, the, only when LeBron comes do you get your whole team gutted. I think they just need uh, twenty All Stars to be sitting around them. (laughs) I think the fans are. I think the fans are just at the front office knocking on the door, and I think you know it's the Lakers, so they're used to winning. So they yeah. haven't won, so they're like, "All right, let us let's satisfy the fan base. Let us go and try to get it now." So I think that's what it is. They want to satisfy. And, I mean, and how, just have, to lose how, them, how much longer do you have LeBron? Like, honestly, how much longer do they have? Two years. You know, two years? A- two AD years. might have actually increase the shelf life, which oh, really yeah, was. Uh, I was not happy about that, but he's twenty six, and like, no, like he's yeah. he's not going anywhere. So. No, but yeah, but LeBron though, like, I mean, he's thirty four, but I, I I think all they consider he's probably going in at least another. another Four or five years, and no way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because like, aside from this year, like he's been relatively healthy, so it's just a matter of him staying healthy. I, I think the really Texas though, one. they're going to need the next two years. Like if they don't do anything, oh yeah, the, next oh, yeah, two the years. windows now. Like, they, like that's what I'm saying. They yeah. saw what happened with KD and Clay, and say, like, "Oh, we right. have to go in all in now." That's what I'm saying. Next two years, it's all or nothing. After that, he might go again. I mean, he, he might come to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> And you know Atlanta would take it. <laughs> we, we, we would definitely take that trade. The only, the only thing I can really give them off of that right now is just the fact that, uh, like, since KD went down and Clay went down and you got all the bickering going on between um, Harden and Chris Paul, 
there's really nobody in the West to stop him. Like, now would be the time to go all in and be like, hey, we, we can actually take this thing the first year. Portland might have something to say about that. Uh, I mean, I think LeBron and AD could beat Portland. <laughs> I mean, Portland has one guy. Yeah. Oh, whoa. No, no, whoa, CJ McCollum. No, CJ McCollum is whoa, whoa. one of the possible. Pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. <laughs> one of the possible. <laughs> CJ's a baller. Yeah. CJ's a baller. He's CJ a been showing up more than day. Yeah, <laughs> CJ's a beast, man. Yeah, he's certified. You can't even, you can't trash him like that. Yeah. But, I mean, the only thing that's going to derail their little mission is where, wherever Kawhi goes. Yeah. Yep. Kawhi can take a lesser team and actually beat you. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he can actually stop LeBron, especially since the athleticism isn't mm-hmm. there like it used to be. Yeah. He gave him fits. Let Kawhi be like, hey, I'm going to go to Denver and get them a championship. Mm-hmm. He can like, just be like the, the be one. a mercenary. Yeah. He's <laughs> just going to just start walking around the league signing one-year $30 million deals. <laughs> like, y'all want a ring? How much you want it for? Like, uh, I, don't, I want 40 yeah. That would be awesome 30 for 30. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, the the wondering Kawhi. I already saw a meme talking about, yeah, like Kawhi ended the, uh, he ended the Miami Heat dynasty. <laughs> yeah. He ended the Spurs dynasty yeah. when he left them. Yeah. Yeah. He ended the Golden State dynasty. Yo, how? Kingslayer. King How boo boo face is DeMar DeRozan he, right he now? He ended though, so man. many dynasties, the caption was like, Patriots, you next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know you was like, mm-hmm. uh-uh, this ain't funny no more. Had <laughs> <laughs> his name start off good. This ain't funny. I was with you to the end. Had this dude out here playing defensive end like, no. <laughs> uh-huh. like, man, ha, get ha. him out of here, man. He don't play. <laughs> Yeah. As I mean, wherever he goes, like there, he's already he's proven that whatever team he's on, that team is a contender. No matter what you got, like so long as you have some decent pieces around him, yeah. that's a contender. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing that, that doesn't get enough credit with with Toronto is because you had like he, like the trade for Gasol was huge because you yeah. had because that gave you both because him and you still had Ibaka, so like. Whenever someone was on, whenever one was on the bench, you had the other one that was playing. It's like how many teams can really say they have two centers of that quality on the same team at the same time? And I've said for a while that the one spot where Golden State was vulnerable was in the post, and yeah. and both of them got their money during the finals. And especially once you know you, you kind of realized that that Boogie wasn't going to be a hundred percent during that series. It was like yeah, it's it's, it's game on, and oh, yeah. you know. People were talking about Van Vliet could have been finals MVP. Like, no. No, absolutely not. That's no, so no. disrespectful. Far from it. Like, it was always going to be Kawhi. Like, that dude was money the whole playoffs. No, man. That dude averaged, what, what was Van Fleet's numbers? He had 14, 3, and 2. And you're talking about he should have been finals MVP? Strong, too, though, man. Strong, too. <laughs> like, those two assists. Like, man, get out of here. Like, man, Kawhi averaged 28, 5, 10, and 4. Mm. And you talking about he shouldn't have been MVP, man? Mind you, he did disappear in the fourth quarter. He drugged them there. It was yeah. like he, you're not gonna not give him the credit. Ain't no other superstars out there. And you got this dude averaging half as many points as you. And you talking about giving it to him? That's just as absurd as them talking about um, like back from 2010 when they kept saying that uh, Ron Artest should have got the MVP over Kobe. Oh, Metal World. It was no, the, it was the same thing. It should have been Powell. It was the same thing. Like Kobe averaged. He had Kobe had the same numbers as Kawhi had this series. Yeah, like, he was twenty eight, five, eight, and four. Kobe did have a suspect game seven, but yeah, it, it, it couldn't have been um, even game eight. seven. He went for twenty three points. He had what, fifteen rebounds. Yeah, but you talk about Kobe who put, puts up like fifty shots. <laughs> so hey, doesn't he did what they needed? Yeah. <laughs> and he hit a couple that's of shots. Their, that's within the offense. He man. hit a couple that's shots. That's the offense. He hit shots in the fourth quarter when yeah. they needed him. He was off most of the game, but he went off on the boards. But well, hold up, um, we we do need to talk about your boy Curry though, because. It's, it's another time where pretty much he had like like maybe like one and a half good games during during the finals. You no, know, like he he stood tall, but come game six, he was kind of like you know nowhere to be seen. Man, thirty points, five boards, six assists for the series is a lot. Man, he he didn't show up in the moments they needed him. Granted, the game six, regardless of all the traveling, the fouls, the players getting hurt, that was Steph's fault. All he had to do was make the shot. I think there's like a layup for him. Is that he was he could see the hoop. He makes that. He's normally shimmying, dancing, sea walking. Like how you gonna miss that? Like they should there should have been a game on Sunday. They wouldn't have won it. Not with nobody else out there. Yeah. I mean we already saw that. That was game yeah. three. Steph That's by it. himself. He went off. Forty seven wasn't enough because mm-hmm. there was nobody else there. But I hope he knows what, how LeBron feels because remember last year he uh, he had that fifty point game and lost. 
And yeah, yeah like it, it, it ain't easy carrying all that on your shoulders. Well, I don't think he knows how LeBron feels because nobody has ever argued that Curry was better than Kobe or Mike. True, that's true. That's, that's why that's, nobody's that's such a weird thing though because nobody's like, sticking it to him like that because nobody had the same level of expectation nor were they arguing with the fans of the other guy. Why is that though? Because like, you, you, you take a team to five straight finals and you don't have those type of expectations. That's kind of crazy. Well, he, I mean, he, I guess he's okay with just having the title alone of being, you know, the best shooter. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't care. He's got that title. Mm. Do you see how much more? Who's a better three point shooter? You see how his production goes I, up I, when Katie's not there? Clay. I do Clay. <laughs> you say Clay better than Steph? Yeah. Career-wise? No. I mean, career-wise, but, like, no. Clay always comes through with, with that clutch three at the right moment. And, like I said, when he, that's why I said, like, when he went down, it's like, oh, that's it, because that, that was your money guy. Well, I, I, I will say that you did bring up the good point that the fact that, you know, Marcus Gasol and the Raptors, definitely that stretch five position definitely mm-hmm. spread them out. And same thing with the Warriors. They didn't have the Marcus to – DeMarcus didn't have the, the stretch five. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't really, you know, give Steph the room to be creative and coming off all those screens because nobody else was providing that threat. Right. Nobody. And so. that, that That's your non-clutch performer right there. <laughs> no, no, no. I got much better ones for that. <laughs> I got quite a few non-clutch people. Like, folks be lining up for that every week. <laughs> Now, man, so I mean, basically, all in all, the Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers, I think it's um, they they're fortunate due to all the injuries and the player movement that that could actually pan out working right away. All things being equal, if Houston was still the same Houston, if Golden State was still healthy, even uh, like man, I wouldn't pick them to be OKC right now as okay. they're currently constructed. I mean, they don't have anybody. It depends on who they're gonna get, and they don't really have a lot of money to work with. They keep mm-hmm. saying they got enough money to bring in another max player. But then now you're going to have seven players on your roster and nothing. <laughs> Not even like, no, a bunch of scrubs on the bench. You're nobody because you don't nobody. have enough money to put anybody over there. Yeah. Like, man, maybe we need to fly to L.A. Like, man, let me get a jersey. <laughs> yeah, I told y'all we in the package deal. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're going to New Orleans. <laughs> we can do both. We can do both. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can always trade us back. <laughs> <laughs> you go eat crawfish. I'm going to Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Ain't too bad, Hang man. out with Mbappe on Venice Beach. Man. <laughs> so, man, the Florida Culture crew, man, they say they, uh, they got signed in with the whole deal with Rich Paul and the whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, man, tell us just exactly, man. Tell, is, give us an idea of what it's about, man. What, what's for the culture? What's the movement? How, what do you guys got going on? Uh, basically, there, what for the culture is, we started this last year. Uh, we do a podcast. We do a supporters brand. Basically, what we want to do is, you know, kind of help change the narrative in this country that black people are in soccer because, you know, if you go like anywhere around the world, you know, everybody of all races are in the soccer. But you come here, especially with black people, it's like they don't really mess with soccer like that. Of course, if you go to a Atlanta United game, you see people of all colors uh, at the game, and especially us. Yeah. And what we want to do is basically say, okay, well, what can we do to kind of help change the narrative to where that representation is there, to where, you know, we're t- you have black people talking the game. You know, of course, we're doing it from our perspective. You know, so, of course, we have interests just like how you have here on the show. You know, we're talking about, you know, a lot of relevant things. You know, we're we talking about well, when they see us. We're talking about us, you know, like like yeah. things like that. So we want to basically just tell, talk about the game through our lens. And, you know, hopefully pe- people uh, people vibe with it. Yeah, I mean, ulti- man, ultimately, you know, uh, before the culture, we really want to move the culture forward. You know, like there's so many of us that follow this game since we've been kids and things like that. But when you, like Grego said, when you hear the voices that's talking about it, you hear the same guys, you hear the former baseball commentator talking about the game, <laughs> messing names up, you know, you, you, you know, not using the right jargon in the game like that. When you look at our logo, I mean, it's FTC. I mean, the T is an arrow pointed upward. So we want to move the culture forward. Um, and the C is actually uh, reverse. So it's like we want to look within ourselves in the culture. So it's like everything we do are, isn't perfect. You know, I love being black, but some of the things that happen, it, it's not perfect. And, you know, we want to talk about those things from the from our point of view. So you'll hear so many people talk about how Pogba is just an arrogant player and, you know, he doesn't deserve to wear the Manchester United jersey and things like that. But it's like, no, this is just he's, he was raised to be boastful, be prideful, because that's what we do 
on the basketball court, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm the best, and I'm going to talk stuff to everybody. You know, that whole being humble, being, you know, Mr. Perfect and things like that, that's just not who we are as a people. So we want to highlight players and stuff like that. Man, I need the connection. And then also looking at, and then just just talking more about like the culture, you know, where we come from, what influences us and what we experience on a day-to-day basis. Those are things that influence the world. So just how soccer is, is a world sport, our culture and the things that we experience, the things we like, we listen to, we eat, we dance to and whatnot influences the world of, the world abroad, but the world of soccer as well. So when you look at, the things that we consume and what we like to do. You look at, you turn on the TV and you see your favorite footballers and you see them consuming some of that same content, that same energy and and that connectivity that we bring or that we have is is, is those points that you can connect with people. So, you know, that culture aspect, we, we really like to drive home because that that is something else that we could use, that we use to bond each other and, and come together and just looking at the influence of things and how they travel the world and everything. So, Okay. I think also we got to talk about like the next generation as well too because it's the impact of the culture. You know, this is something that we want to have a legacy with as far as, you know, the game of soccer, but also the influences of it within our, uh, you know, if you talk about micro level, you're talking about just a black culture, but also spread it into the worldwide level. And so we kind of want to have our impact within the youth game as well, too, to highlight what they're doing for kids of color. I know for myself, playing the game of soccer since the age of five, I always looked and seeked out, you know, soccer players of color, but it was always hard to find. But now that we live in this digital age, it's easy to access. And so we are trying to provide that, you know, that point of contact where right, you know, kids at a young age can look at Mbappe or look at a Neymar or a Pogba or whoever and say, yo, I see what they're doing style-wise, but at the same time I see what they're doing on the field and off the field. So we highlight all aspects. Right. And then at the end of the day, too, we have a bunch of soccer nerds. We have that just love talking about soccer. <laughs> Representation matters, yeah, man. Yeah. In, in on like on the pitch and behind the mics. Yeah. So the more of us that's talking about the games, I mean, we're only gonna move it forward, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. That was actually one of the things I was gonna ask you about was like the influence on actually having the black kids playing the games. So I know there's like a lot of kids play while they're younger, but they don't keep playing. Like they may play until they're like eight, nine years old, and then move off and start playing basketball, football, baseball. But they never just move forward with soccer. Yeah, that was something that I, I battled my whole childhood because I grew up in a basketball, football dominant culture. You know, I grew up here in Atlanta and football's way of life and basketball was yeah. basketball was my life too. And, you know, when I would play soccer, going to soccer practice, my friends would make fun of me. They're like, oh, there goes that white boy and this and that or whatever. <laughs> you know, I used to get teased for that, but I stuck with it because I had fun doing it. I enjoyed it and then messed around and ended up playing in college. And now what's funny about all that is that my boys now are starting to become soccer fans because in large part it's because of the success of Atlanta United here. You know, I I would have to say here in the city locally, you know, if it weren't for Atlanta United, it would be a totally different, it would be a totally different narrative. But luckily for their success, we start to see, you know, people of all races and cultures getting into the game now. So it's beautiful to see. The five stripes is how I met y'all boys. Right. I, I started going when they were playing at Bobby Dodd back in 17 when we got the team. I took my daughter sitting right over here. We went to a game, never seen anything like it. Yeah. I mean, like for anybody listening who hasn't been to a soccer game, this is coming from a hardcore football junkie, Patriot fan, go to the USC games. Like I'll travel out to California to go see SC play in the Coliseum. Right. I've been to so many football games, never at any point in time. I mean, even being at the Super Bowl, it's not as hype as a regular season Atlanta United game. Like, they're playing not a rival, nobody. Like, they're playing a game against Minnesota on a Wednesday. You get out there to the tailgate at 5 o'clock, and everybody out there Everybody's with the flares, they're slinging beers everywhere, yep. they're singing, they're yep. chanting. We got on scarves, and there's a 1,000 degrees outside. I mean, it's nuts, man. The drums are going. You march in the stadium. You get in. Nobody ever sits down. Like, the, the atmosphere is it's, – it's almost impossible to describe it. But I guarantee you, you've never been to anything like that. Right? I, I will also add this. So, so, you know, Ringo highlighted about the arrow on our logo, but mm-hmm. also in the C backwards. I've always said that the C talks about changing the culture of how it is in the black culture. Flipping because, the culture, absolutely. You know, we – as a black culture, we kind of always stuck to, you know, the basketball and football and, and even baseball back in the day. 
but now to kind of change the narrative of what we think is our cultural sports and to broaden the horizons and you know whether we even go into lacrosse next who knows we might have for the culture lacrosse podcast next I don't, i'm not gonna be on it but <laughs> hey we're gonna yeah, take man. over everything right right but it's so it's so satisfying representing this brand because you know looking around the city it's a great it's a great place for us to be able to launch our platform you know you can go to different areas in our community like go to the barbershop and what's the conversation we're talking about football primarily basketball you know yeah. nba finals and things like that but to walk into like a barbershop and you see atlanta united flags or people wearing the kits and they're man. talking about soccer or wanting to ask questions about learning about it or if you go in the store and you see the the old man who you knew for years that was a, a, a basketball fan, and they're they're wearing soccer jerseys, and they're like, "Man, I'm I'm behind Atlanta United, man. I'm I'm in the soccer now." <laughs> what that boy Joseph? Yeah. What that, that boy like, Joseph? It's, it's amazing to <laughs> that see that. Is. And then also the kids, <laughs> like whether they play or not, used to see the kids walking around with their favorite basketball players jersey on, and now they're wearing soccer jerseys and looking mm-hmm. up to Mbappe and, and and these guys around the world, and it's it feels great, you know, because you're helping the conversation and helping push that narrative about the sport we love. You know? Yeah, I, I'll give you an example, man, like how, how the sport culture is taking off. Like last Halloween, I had some teenage boys come to my house. You know, most teenage boys, they never dress up for no. Halloween. Yeah. So they had on soccer kits. And I was like, yo, who are you? And they're like, yo, I'm Neymar. You know, you know, I, I'm, I'm freaking Pogba. I'm all these people. And I'm like, yo, this is really cool. Like, I just loaded them up with candy because, like, I was like, they knew who the players were. Like, so, y'all take all of them. <laughs> yeah, I was like, y'all got it. But I think one of the dope things here, especially here in Atlanta, you know, you have, of course, you have the, the local talent that, that gets moved up with the with the senior team as well. Like, you have kids like George Bellow that's that's here from Powder Springs, Andrew Carlton, uh, Lagos Kunga, like guys that are – the kids that are – literal kids that are from here in Atlanta. So you actually – not only do you have that representation of people – that are here from our neighborhoods making the team. It's, it's like, hey, you have people that say they look like me. I, I can, if I work hard and I, you know, grind, grind to the ground, I, I could be out there too. You know, like yeah. it's, it could be some someone that, that's looking like like your daughter, somebody looking like a like a one of Ringo's kids to say like, hey, I can do that if if I work hard. And you know, it's it's a, it's a great story, not just on a local level, but also on, on just a, on our platform and beyond. Yeah, and seeing the, the kind of the soccer stations, kind of you ride Marta, like riding by there, if you see like young kids like on the pitch just playing, they're not playing a game or anything like that. I mean, it's beautiful to see. So that's what Florida culture is about. Okay, yeah, man, that, that's what's up, man. Like that, that kind of movement, I mean, I've always said if we could actually get our players to go ahead and start playing soccer, it's highly likely that we could dominate soccer the same way that we dominate, like, the Olympic basketball and other sports. I mean, if we had the football players, I mean, like, the American football players playing soccer for the U.S. men's national team, there's no way we wouldn't be dominating. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one thing that we've had plenty of shows talking about this, but, like, the the way the system is right now in the United States is just a flawed system as far as, like, our national product and our youth systems (laughs) and everything. So, like, if if our total governing body were to change – and to really actively seek out kids of color. And I'm not limited to just black. I'm saying brown, yellow, yeah. everything. Yeah. Our national teams would look different and would dominate for sure. Oh, yeah. And they play a whole lot different. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing that you see, like, especially like with like, like teams like France and even Holland and, and especially Brazil, like you have that you see much more color and you see much more freedom in their game. It is, yeah. It's a totally different vibe, whereas I think like here, we we come through a, much of a country club, travel club environment where it's like you, you're you basically taught, taught to be afraid to fail. And in a lot of places, the teams that succeed, they have that freedom, like they, they're free to mess up and, yeah. and, figure, and figure things out on their own. And Hopefully, one day we get to a point, of course, we got the World Cup coming here in 2026, you know, we, we might have something different by that point, but I think that it's a, lot, it's a lot of work that we have to do, and especially with reaching out into our communities and saying, like, hey, we want, we want y'all to be a, a part of this, so that way we can, we can improve. Yeah, I feel that, man. Like, that's actually, um, that was one of the things that came across when I was watching the, uh, the Women's World Cup. Mm. Something like the the U.S. women, we everybody saw the Thailand game and they just drug them. Did you, did you score that game? 
Oh, yeah, I did. And I celebrated, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see? Well, no regard. You still celebrated. <laughs> oh, yeah. You was Millie rocking and everything. Millie rocking, shooting, bringing back old school. Running man. Running man. Started breakdancing. Like, man, miss me with that. They scored in the World It's Cup. a World Cup. Like, I mean, do they realize, like, this is what athletes train their whole life to get to, you telling them to... Be calm, please. I mean, I never even go back, let I'll, alone score again. Oh, here, yeah, go, but here, that, go, here go, that, Ringo. That's, here we go. No, that's, no, I'm actually agree with you guys. Oh. I mean, it's blatant <laughs> sexism because guarantee if the men's team would have done the same thing. If they could do it. If. If. <laughs> if. You know, we're being hypothetical right now. <laughs> but, like, if they would have done the same thing, no one would have ever said, no, it's classless, it's, you know, to, to celebrate your goals. Man. That's because they would have been. They would man, have been, miss me with that. They would have been shocked they even made it that far to begin <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen, you're not going to bring back my emotions about last week's If not us, somebody going to scope the team. I, mean, I can give it to him in the famous words of Bill Belichick. Like, if you don't like it, stop us. Exactly. Thank Period. you. We all prof- they're all professionals. Yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> in the women's game. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the timeline chicks probably were all like brand new, but. Yeah, I mean, you win the World Cup. Like, <laughs> literally, they, they won a raffle. They were like, you go to the World Cup. Damn, <laughs> homie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, could you get a plane ticket to France? Stop. <laughs> that's, that's Stop. Like, man, if you're here, you're here. Stop. Man, I got nothing else for you. But that's the thing that people don't really talk about in this whole controversy is that you have a team that I think in a lot of cases, like you, you could probably take like the, like the best girls high school teams, and they could probably be Thailand too. And so like it's like like they they just recently expanded the field for the for the women's World Cup. They were at 16, now they're at 24. So you have teams that are you know that are getting more exposure as far as getting into World Cups, but they're still nowhere near you know up to the caliber of a of a U.S. or a Germany or a Holland or a France, and like as hopefully at some point that the the gap can can kind of shrink and everything, but you're gonna ha- it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Well, it's in large part because of the soccer governing bodies and multiple countries just never backed. Yes, soccer program for women of any kind, and they're just now starting to do that. And that's why that's a large part of U.S. success over the years is that, you know, there just weren't as many countries that's, you know, they still have their light years beyond behind on supporting women's sports. So now that that's starting to shift, you're starting to see some investment with the coaches and the talent development, scouting and everything within those countries. So, you know, next World Cup. Could be a whole totally different type of scenario. But, you know, what we see success, I mean, the teams that have qualified in the next round, they're the typical suspects of who we expect to see yeah. because they've already had soccer yeah. government bodies that have been rich with that. So Outside of the U.S., it seems like the same countries that are good in the men's side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly. And they yeah. take it seriously, and yeah. like, like even to like a team like like Brazil, like they put all this re- all the resource into into the men's game. You have a a iconic player like Marta that you know she's been carrying that national team for the better part of like 10 12 years and but they've never really progressed because their their governing body has not really put anything into uh, the, the women's program and so you're probably going to end up where she probably won't ever win a World Cup because they won't invest more into their program like and that's like I said, it's, it's sad to see, but at the same time, like I said, it, it is getting better. It's just that it's still it's still taking time. And we still got a lot of years to go too here in the states, though. But you know, that's a whole well, different. Show. That's a whole different show. You saw that look that Rigo just gave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? We have a lot of years to go on the women's we, game. We, we can go into a podcast right now. We get, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is your show. Your show. We, won't, we won't start well, that. Since, since we brought it back over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was already about to shift these gears real quick back to the uh, back to the five stripes, man. Atlanta United is currently in fourth place in the East. Mm-hmm. They're behind Philly, Montreal, and DC United. So I mean, after like they had a really really slow start, man. Mm-hmm. We like I kind of actually I didn't talk about it last week because I knew y'all was coming. Like man, like they had a really slow start just off the uh, like the new manager Miggy was gone. They're trying to get really used to a new style of play, but they really seem like they've actually gotten it together. They they went on a win streak. They're they're back on track. Like I mean, do you guys think that where they are right now, like they're in position to actually repeat? I think we're the last team that anybody that's ahead of us wants to play because we're starting to catch our groove, and you know like like 
you can kind of see the progression of where the team has gone as the season has gone on because like it's it's all started with the, with the with the fence and the back line and like for the most part like our, our back line has been pretty solid the whole season and it's just been a matter of the uh, of the attack and, and the offense really coming together it's, it's still you know it's, it's still got its little bumps in the road here and there but it's coming together at a point where by the time that September October comes mm-hmm. nobody's going to want to play us like nobody and do I think that with the with the playoff format changing a bit this year it used to be two legs for every round now it's just one I think that that's going to be a little tricky but again no one's going to want to play us especially especially they got to come to the bends Oh no no nobody's absolutely nobody's coming here and beating us yeah. the, the only thing I think we're worried about is on the other side the the other conference we are kind of worried about somebody over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, LAFC, I mean, they are a monster. They're yeah. looking real scary over there in the West. So, I mean, everyone, Carlos Vela, he continues to ball out. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they their players are finally meshing. They remind me of us. us last year. Last, you know, yeah. our second, our first season. It was like, okay, their first season last year, all right, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out where the bathrooms are at. You know, cool, you my teammate. <laughs> oh, we know where the exit is. So stay <laughs> yeah, down, that's you it. Know. You know, and then Bob was like, yo, Bob kind of tilted the hat a little bit, and he said, all right, we're going to do it now. And they're running the West. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that, you know, with the summer coming up, you have uh, possible transfers that uh, that might be coming up. We might bolster our lineup. Uh, uh, Barco just come, came back. He had a really solid uh, under-20 World Cup. Uh, Joseph's out, out down in uh, Brazil for the Copa America. That's South America's uh, t- uh, tournament. So, like, once we get everyone back, assuming everyone is healthy, you know, we'll it's, – it's almost like getting everyone in, like, a late-season acquisition. So – like I said, no one's going to want to play us, you know, come September and October. So, you know, if you haven't ever been to a lane night game, get you a ticket. It's an experience to be had that you'll never, ever forget. Oh, it looks Please. like we're running through Columbus right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. Our, our draft pick, Miles Robinson's got his first goal yeah. ever as an Atlanta United player. Shouts out to Miles Robinson. Yep. And they got him early, too. Yeah. yeah. In the 14th minute. Yeah. Brandon Vasquez again, too, right? Yeah, Brandon yeah. Vasquez is back. That's yeah. three yeah. games. Back. Three two, two games, games right? in yeah. a row. Three yeah. in a row. He yeah. found his juice again. He's <laughs> ready to hit, see the pitch, man. Joseph it's who? It's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph who? Yeah. No, no, Williams who? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Williams. We, we got folks that are good enough to say Joseph who. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, hey, uh, not Joseph, not Joseph. It should be some three-peat types. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's people downtown with pictures of Joseph. Like his face infused on the Jesus. Yeah, 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 man. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite <laughs> two poles in the stadium yeah. right now. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. That was nuts. That was a lot of time out, man. Turn that around. I gotta get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> he will bless us. He will bless us. <laughs> Bet, man. To him. Like we, every, we need everybody in the city to come out for the soccer, come represent for the culture. Doesn't matter what color you are. We want to see you, but we absolutely want to see our people come out. I've been preaching to you. They're preaching to you. We're going to keep it going all the way until we just see all of y'all out there. I mean, it shouldn't be a whole different crowd of people rocking with the United than they're rocking with the Falcons and everybody else. Yeah. I mean, they've got a completely different crowd. That's 70,000 different people in that stadium that are in there during football season. That's the crazy part. That's the crazy part, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the people who come from Falcons games and understand, like, that vibe during those games, they come – to United games, it's like it's, it's a you would think it's a totally different stadium because you know it's, it's rocking from all all the way around the, around the stadium because yeah. like you have what's called a supporter section you know that where like a lot of the, or the hardcore su- supporters go, but it's it's still going like all the way around even beyond that you know everyone's standing everyone's chanting and it's it's, it's a whole different vibe and it's you know it's it's contagious like once you go there once and really experience it's like. You can't wait to go to the next one and check it out, and that, and yeah. that's one of the things that we try to promote with Florida culture is you know we're we're talking about it from the supporters' point of view and and, and what makes that culture what what it is whether it's you're here in Atlanta whether you're here in Memphis L A Miami wherever you know we if if you got a, a vibe that that rocks with us you know we're gonna find you and talk about you. Okay, well, man, like y'all come out. They just told you they don't sit down. You only, you can sit down nah. at halftime, or you can sit down when you get back on the martyr on your way You're, home. Fam- famous. <laughs> Me and Shy have been standing up this whole this whole interview. You know what I'm saying? We don't we don't sit. All ninety, baby. All full ninety. You can sit down at the crib. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, man, we're going to segue this thing on into this AFC West. I know we got some football heads. It's like, man, when are you going to talk about my team? So, like, all right, I got you. We're going to have the Patriot fan explain to you why your team is not winning this year. <laughs> <laughs> I dig that. Oh, so, I mean, what, the 2018 standings for the AFC West, we had Kansas City finish at 12-4, and four, mm-hmm. and the Chargers also finished at 12-4. and four. Kansas City had a tiebreaker, so they got the number one seed in the AFC. And unfortunately for the Chargers, that gave them the number five seed, even though they had the second best record in the AFC. And so that, that's why they had to go to New England. Mm-hmm. New England got the bye. The Kansas City lost to New England in the AFC Championship. The Chargers lost to New England in the divisional round. Broncos went 6-10, and 10, so clearly they didn't make the playoffs. And the Raiders were a dumpster the fire. Raiders. After they got rid of I mean, how you trade away Khalil Mack is beyond me. Look, man. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Just oh. win, baby, win. Hey, that, I don't know about. I, I, I mean, you can say that, but you absolutely are not that's, doing it. That's the opposite. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the resident. Four and twelve. So, I'm the resident Raider fan in, in in this crew, and let's just say last season was very frustrating to to experience. And oh, it's going to be interesting this season too, though. You know what? It's going to be interesting with the way that the draft. It's like. We addressed our needs, just not with the people who we thought we were going to address them with. So it's like, okay, we got what we want. It's just that we don't know like, how that's going to turn out. And I've always said for the longest time that Gruden never works well with young players. Like he, like you look, if you go back to his first stint with Oakland when he had Rice and Gannon and and Tim Brown, and, and when he, even when he went to Tampa Bay, like he had Sapp and Brad Johnson. Like he works better with old heads. And, and I, I think that. It's a matter of can he really mold these young cats into something that he really wants? Because otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to be our last season in Oakland. It's going to be real disappointing. So y'all have this season, but then you're also going to have the HBO curse too. Uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm kinda, okay, all I'm right. Not worried about that. All right, I am uh, looking forward. We, because we, we got we got AB. We got AB. I mean, how could you be cursed when you went four and twelve? <laughs> <laughs> They ain't gonna lose all of them. They're normal. <laughs> all the way is up. This whole this whole right. century since like Super Bowl thirty uh, eight thirty nine like that's it's, it's it's been a it's been a rough ride. So we used to. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I, I won't just completely trash the Raiders though. I mean I'm just looking at who y'all picked up. Y'all went and got Farrell from Clemson. You mm-hmm. got Josh Jacobs from out of Alabama. I mean mm-hmm. that was a really good pickup. You also got Mullen from Clemson. It's like y'all. Y'all got three Clemson players and one from Bama, so you look like, all right, I watched the national championship game. Yep. We get as many as in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what the weird yeah, thing about a rim throw out Some of real scouting there. <laughs> the weird thing about Pharrell, because, like, of course, nobody thought he was going to go up that high. I think that what you – especially with getting rid of Mac uh, the way that we did, I think that you're looking for someone that is going to be a, the voice of your defense because, obviously, you're, you're, you're missing leadership. And I think that what – the reports I saw about about Farrell was that you know he's he was basically the leader of Clemson's defense like as mm-hmm. far as like the voice, and I think that in any, any locker room in any sport you know you have to have those guys that people look to when you know the chips are down. It's like can you rally behind this person here, and I think yeah. that he's going to be the right. I think I think that was going to actually work out pretty well. I mean, it probably should absolutely. But what I'll also tell you is to the uh, to the veteran player point. Man, they picked up Vontez Burfick and Brandon Marshall, the linebacker one, not the wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's that's a cold linebacker core right there. I mean, between if Burfick we, if we can keep and Burfick Marshall, in line, you know, that, that might be all right. Because I mean, you, of course, you had, of course, all the battles with Burfick and and Brown up at uh, between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. You know, to have them both on the same team, that's going to be very interesting to see. So Antonio Brown's going to be a very very expensive decoy. He's not going to get the ball. Derek Carr doesn't throw the ball. Nope. Oh, he throws. The way he need, but no. Check down. Look, look, Antonio Brown is like 75% of the time he's actually not open. They're doubling him. They got somebody over the top. He's got a taller DB on him. Big Ben throws one of the best deep balls we've ever seen. He throws the ball straight up in the air, and it usually drops down over his outside shoulder. Carr can't make that throw. There's only like a couple of quarterbacks in the entire league that can make that throw. And he's not playing with one. Well, he's before, not going to get the ball because of it. Before Carr had his anchor injury, I think his trajectory was a whole lot higher than, than what it's become. I think that since that injury, he's basically become a, a little gun shy as far as and, and a little trigger happy as far as how he sees the pocket now. Because I think he's kind of turned into his brother in that regard where, you know, you're anticipating the hit more than looking for the play. And 
until he kind of works that out in his head, you know, there's no real telling like how that's going to go. Um, you know, we, we ended up keeping him. We, we didn't uh, we didn't cancel his his uh, we now we picked up his team option. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we hopefully he steps up because I think that at least where he was before the injury, he was a guy worth investing in. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We, we haven't seen it from him since. Yeah. I mean, they got Mike Glennon and Landry Jones behind them, so please don't get hurt. Jesus. Man, Good listen. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, are y'all paying them? <laughs> but no, I, I think that the way that... volunteer? I'll be your backup. <laughs> I think that the way that the, 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 the teams are lining up this year, like, like I'm scared as I don't know what other Chargers. I think that, you know, Quinn going into his first year, you know, going 12-4, and four, you know, yep. oh, actually, it's, third, it's third year now, and... I think that the push is there to they get Phillip Rivers a ring because, you know, he ain't getting any younger. And, yeah. and they actually have a squad around him that can win. Are they going to yeah, kid, kidnap Brady? <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how your boy I mean, does maybe it. Maybe I shouldn't say that because last <laughs> time I sat in and I talked about what needed to happen for Golden State to lose, I was like, yeah, somebody needs. I was like, somebody should break Kevin Durant's leg. And then lo and behold. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I, didn't, I, I wasn't actually wishing that to happen. Oh. I was just saying that's the only way that it would happen. It would and it did happen. Is that a voodoo doll I see in the yeah, that's it. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. Sometimes, sometimes my crystal ball is a little bit too clear. <laughs> but like, man, to your point on the uh, like, just picking the conference, like, or for the division, like, I do actually have the Chargers stepping yeah. it up over the Chiefs this yeah. year yeah. for multiple reasons. Just because they're more consistent on both sides of the ball, yeah. and they actually, I mean, they they split games with Kansas City, and they lost in the same fashion as Kansas City last year. I don't think Kansas City does nearly as well as they did last year because they, they they actually got worse on defense and their defense already was trash, and then their offense, it's like they there's a blueprint now. That's that was that was Pat Mahomes' first year mm-hmm. actually starting, so like nobody really knew what to do with him. Nobody knew what to watch. If you just watch the first half of each Patriots game, that's how you defend them. New England defense ain't even that good. So you imagine one of the top defenses in the league doing what New England did, they get shut down. Yeah. I mean, they only put up nine points against New England in two first halves between the uh, regular season matchup and the playoffs. They got shut down by a Andy far choked. inferior mm-hmm. defense. Andy Reid choked. That, but I, I do think as far as with, with KC goes, them getting uh, Tyron uh, Matthew uh, for free agency, I think that's going to be pretty big. If he, if he could actually just stay healthy. He can't that's do it by himself. Be, nobody true. else back there. True. Maybe like, which I, side is he on? Yeah, look him off. Throw him yeah. there. All <laughs> 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 right, and then what's up with Tyreek Hill? What's up with that uh, He got 10 games. So, you know, you you you're not gonna have that element on the offense. Did, did as well. he get ten? Yeah, yeah, I think it was ten. Yeah. Or was that? No, that's that's Kareem Hunt's suspension. I don't think they ruled anything on Tyreek yet. No, you're, 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 they have they have it. They have that it. was Hunt got ten mm-hmm. games. Right, but that, that's Cleveland's. But I mean, he's still a big yeah, still a big question mark with that. Yeah. But you know, Mahomes' year was so good. I don't know if you could. They can't do that again. No, no, they can't do that again. You can't. On top of it, they're playing the AFC South and the NFC North this year. Every Their team, schedule is hard. Every yeah. team in the AFC South is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you could easily mm-hmm. lose all four of those games and then not actually be like you wet the bed. And Chargers' schedule is much easier. Well, Wait. I mean, the Chargers have the same schedule outside of the two uh, division games. Mm-hmm. You know, every everybody in the division has the same schedule, but um, like KC is going to play New England and Baltimore what? because they both won the division. The the only other two games the Chargers have, they'll get um, the Dolphins and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Instead of New England and the Ravens, so I mean that those two games alone is enough to be like, all right, the Chargers should at least have a two-game lead. But do you think? Uh, but do you think uh, Denver improves with Flacco? Um, no, no, I'm putting Denver at the bottom this year. Ooh, Ooh I mean, I, I agree. think he might lose that spot to Drew Locke. He just I, got I, beat out a year ago. We'll, we'll see how he does. Like, like if if Flacco doesn't doesn't do anything, like the first five, six weeks, like whatever their bye week is, he had Locke Locke sitting there. Yeah, I mean, they say Locke's already looking pretty That's decent. That's assuming he camp. wins the job out of out of. Yeah, uh, like Locke could be camp. the starter, like, fresh off. In preseason. Easily. Mm. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. But I, I definitely got I got the Chargers one, Kansas City two, the Raiders in three, mm-hmm. and Denver at four. We're going to improve. I am going to take the Raiders up a notch, but it's, it's not even a knock to put them in three. Normally it would be like, yeah, you really clown and talking about they, they doing better. Six and ten would be, six and ten would be, would be I mean, the Chargers and the Chiefs. 
They, those were the two top teams in the AFC yep. last year, record-wise. By a stretch. By a good stretch. By one game. But I mean, I'm talking about, like, compared to the rest. Because, like, <laughs> you know, you, you, look at, you look at the KKC oh, and the Chargers, like, they're 12-4. and four. Yeah. Uh, Broncos were third place with six, with just six and ten. Oh, so no, it's a, it's I said in the gap. AFC. So you thought Man, I was talking about this. Second in the division is a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Even so, if the Raiders improve, they're not going to be better than even one of them. I'm hoping for six and ten, maybe seven and nine. You know, like so we'll see. We'll My see. Please. You know, we're, we're going to try to enjoy. We're going to try to enjoy this last season in Oakland as best we can. As long as they <laughs> win the last game in the stadium, right? Don't don't go out Ooh. on a bad note. All right? I mean, it yeah. didn't work out for the. Okay, I'm well, see, see, see. Here you go. Here you go. He about to start it up. He about to start it up again. It's, it's the crazy. last game of Oracle was an L. The last game in. The baseball stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that you know everyone's leaving. Are they gonna now. let the A's play there too? Like, like they're, they're they they're good in the stadium, but it won't be like in that same area. So like, yeah, the, the, everyone in that spot's gonna be gone. Like, real no, soon. Everyone in Oakland is really gone. gone. They, like that's yeah. it. They're, Seriously, yeah. I mean, the city I didn't really has changed. Know it was like that until I went up there. It was like Oakland doesn't really seem like it's big enough to be its own city. Like, mm. it should be a like a suburb of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Oakland, I mean, Oakland is like Dunwoody. Yeah. It's just right the <laughs> Town now, it's it's nice. And it was not hood at all. It's, it's right up. It's I'm not. like, yo, this is nice over here. Yeah, like, it's like Buckhead. Can I get a latte? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get your Birkenstocks. I ain't even locked the keys to the car. <laughs> Come to O Town. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> and that's why the teams are leaving. <laughs> So, yo, like, we about 45 seconds out, man. Hey, I appreciate everybody for tuning in to us today on Clutch Sports, man. My people in Further Culture, yo, tell them how they can find you. You can find us at FTC, UCD, uh, on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram. We don't do Snapchat. We ain't, we ain't got time for all that. But, yeah, can I just <laughs> get that smoke? We'll, we'll holler at you. Hey, man, I need y'all to come in and do that for me when I go, when I get ready to roll. <laughs> 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 I told you, new edition time. Over here. We the new, new edition. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, y'all. Hey, appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. Make sure you make it in next week, man. I'm going to have your boy uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter, so that means you know I'm going to cover the the NFC South. So, man, tune in. Clutch Sports Talk Radio hits 92.3. We out. That was magic.